Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bob by the Popcorn. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today... We are talking about two movies. We're talking about The Fablemans and The Banshees of Inna Sharon. <laughs> the only thing that ties these two movies together is an unexpected pet um, in the form of a miniature donkey and a monkey. So, Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else that makes these movies... Um, anyway related uh we just we just watched them and they they're probably going to get nominated for some oscars at least so we have to talk about them i mean yeah we're kind of we're kind of shooting in the dark right now until the the nominations come out but but you're right these are these are probably going to get nominated for something like they have a ton of other um awards that they've won under their belt so it's it's definitely going to be one of the contenders for something yeah, so I saw Banshees first, if you want to talk about that first. Um, sure. Banshees is a lot more uh, uh, prominent, prevalent, fresh, <laughs> fresh in your head, fresh in my brain. Um, so we could definitely do that one first. I feel like and it's been we'll, like a we'll month see. since I saw this movie, though. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah, I think it's been like a month since I've seen The Fablemans, dude. <laughs> oh, no, that's not true. It's only been like Let a me check. week and a half. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right. I can look at my history. I can look at my movie history. Mm, I'm going to do that, too. We rarely do this I on the podcast. Okay, okay. December 14th. Two weeks. So not quite a not no, quite a month. A little bit more than two weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw Banshees way before I saw it, even Bones and all. So I saw it on November seventeenth. Oh. oh damn, you really did. That was a while ago. Um That was that was a bit ago. I will agree to that. I just watched the Fablemans yesterday. So So it's fresh. It's fresh, yeah. So I knew that Banshees was uh, written and directed by McDonough, who has previously done, you know, Three Billboards um, in Bruges. Oh, I loved Three Billboards. Yeah, it kind of had that same dark comedy tone, didn't it? Yes, it did. It did. But even, like, a bit more dark. Like, there was this... I hadn't seen a single trailer for Banshees. I didn't even read the summary. Or actually, no, I did read the summary um, before watching it, but because uh, it was just sitting right there on HBO Max before I before I press play. Um, and, you know, it starts off a little humorous, a, a little lighthearted. I mean, you, we uh, we have the two characters. Um, 
oh god this this name parik parik padrick i think it's padrick but but they would never pronounce the d yeah i know i know i know it looked like it's padrick but it sounded like they would never say the d it sounded like par like parik or something okay well you can Um, call him parik we have colin farrell and then we have brendan gleason calm brendan gleason yeah and then also the sister of Shaban. Yeah, Shaban. Yeah, of Colin Farrell. Who she's amazing. Uh yeah, Carrie Carrie Condon. Have I seen anything else with her in it? I think so. Like I definitely she recognize so her. Um she is amazing. Truly. Um she was in Three Billboards as well. Okay. She's also she the voice for one? Friday. <gasps> The voice for Friday! Oh, cool. That's great. Wow. Okay. Um, oh, wow. So the whole movie just hinges on the fact that Colm no longer wants to be friends with Podrick? Podrick? Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's Colin character. Farrell's character. <laughs> so he, like, he goes over to his house, and it, they live on an island off the coast of Ireland, so... It's very um, isolated and isolated. Yeah, <laughs> raining all the time, but it's beautiful. There's like these beautiful cliffs and beautiful so much green beaches. Oh yeah, the beautiful uh, ocean ocean cliffs. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, were so cool. Yeah, um, yeah. It really seems to rant. Like it. It really seems like it's just gonna be a funny, like. Not lighthearted, but things were were done in a very dark, humorous way, like you were saying before. Um, but then it it really ramps up. Yeah, <laughs> like literally, there's really a tough. rainbow in the very first shot of this movie. <laughs> you know, like there is. I remember seeing that. It was so bright. It was beautiful. I bet it was a real rainbow too. I mean, it was like you know, after the rain, beautiful. Um, for sure. For sure. Yeah, but then it just, t- it takes a turn because Colm does not want to be friends with Podrick and like, it's, and it just escalates from there. Colm, like, Brendan Gleeson's character truly just won't give Colin Farrell an answer. And so Colin Farrell's just like asking him over and over and over again. And Brendan's like, I'll, sh- I'll cut off my fingers if you don't stop talking to me and then he still talks to him and he cuts off all of the fingers on his hand even though he's a very good violinist and he can't play anymore with these bleeding hands it's crazy (laughs) so he he kind of gives podrick i'm just gonna say podrick um he kind of gives him an answer. Like, it's, it's not a good answer. Like, no. like the, these guys were friends. They would go and have beers together at two every day. Because, you know, you're on an island. You have nothing to do. There's no one I'm else. Sure. There's yeah. no one else. This is a very small town. Um, and, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if there just was some some crazies on this island. I mean, we're not really clear what what time period this is. It, it seems... Yeah, I think it's uh, like the... Like, you don't see any phones, you don't see 30s. anything. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of hard There's, to tell. There is a civil war going on that that is mentioned, and mm-hmm. um, I was watching this with both my roommates, so they 
we're looking stuff up because, yeah, we're trying to figure out what the time period was. And so uh, Raymond was trying to find, like, I'm sorry, there's like a really loud car going down my street. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and he did look up and there were some like kind of civil type wars that happened in, in Ireland. I can't remember what, what years he had said, but yeah, there's, it's definitely historical. Um, it might be the like, early, like I think, you know, it could be the early 20th century it could be around the time that Down Abbey is as well. You know, okay, yeah, because there also was a civil war during that time. I mean, there's been a, throughout the entire 20th century, there has been a lot of unrest in Ireland. So it, it probably is like a similar, you know, anything that's going on between those those times. It could be any of that time. So I think it's supposed to be kind of that timeless feeling where they don't really have any technology. So they're kind of just living so out in the open, like on their little Island, you know? Yeah. Kind of off the grid a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and, and thinking back on this, on this storyline, like these two fought for no reason. And it, and it went, it went to great lengths. It, it went to the lengths that it did for no reason, which is what makes it really funny. Like yeah. the fact that, yeah, Colm, Colm is just like, I don't want to be your friend. You're dull. You bore me. I don't have many years left. I want to focus on my music. And you just, I don't get anything out of these conversations. You talk about donkey shite all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and it's just, and it's so funny in the beginning. But then just the fact that things just escalate and escalate and escalate. And, and Podrick's like, I don't care. I'm going to fucking keep talking to my guy. He's my friend. And then he just keeps cut, cutting off fingers. Like it's, and then you his poor donkey dies. See, yes, the donkey eats his fingers and then chokes dies. Yeah. Chokes, yeah, chokes on the fingers. And then he ends up burning his house. <laughs> and it's just, and nothing, nothing truly gets resolved. And it just, it's a really interesting almost character study of these two friends that aren't really friends mm -hmm. but they're just these two guys on this isolated island that have nothing better to do than pick a fight with each other <laughs> and yeah. cut off their fingers like yeah. it's insane it's absolutely insane and it like turns podrick into a really ugly person like he tells this other musician guy who's visiting the island that his dad's dead so that he would yeah. leave just so he could so get he back leave. and then like he also was like pretty mean to um dominic who's played played by barry keegan um, my boy yeah who's like again like he clearly is somebody who has been beaten up his entire life by his father and and he seems to be the only the only younger person on the island mm -hmm. like they're like we don't see anyone else other than hit like other than him his age yeah and so he's he's flirting with shaban because yeah. she's the only other <laughs> single girl on the island so it's like okay yeah and it's just because these people are so isolated yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's the old lady that lives like down the way and she looks like a like a crazy like woman in black like wearing only like like a witch full like, and then <laughs> and then they're and then they're showing this lady who seems like a witch character because she's she's like 
shouting prophecies and saying that someone's gonna die. Yeah. And and I'm like, oh my god, what direction is this movie? It just kept making all these twists and turns, and I was just like, what is happening? It's really what makes it special, I think. It's really what makes it a, a McDonough movie. Um, and it's really good. Like, you just, you're enjoying it while you're watching it. You know, it, it's like he could write, he could write a conversation between, like, you know, two, two of anything, and it would be interesting, right? You're, you know, you're watching, especially them with their really thick accents and just, trying to figure out what they're saying while also just watching their like really expressive faces, ex- especially Colin Farrell. Um, it just makes the, the direction and the writing like really come to life. Yeah, it does. It truly does. Yeah. It's a, this it's movie a... was very enjoyable to watch. <laughs> it I had a was. great time. It was funny. <laughs> it was really funny. And uh, a lot of laugh out loud. Like for me, I was probably, I was in the theater alone, I think. Me and maybe like one other person. I, as I say, like every time I go to the movies, and so I kind of just feel free to really uh, laugh hard when there's no one around me. <laughs> and I had and I had a great time watching this in the comfort and and uh, and space that was my home <laughs> because exactly. I watched it when it was on HBO Max, which it currently probably still is. Um, yes, but, uh, got to watch it on my nice TV with my roommates and not spend any money on it, even though I have a, a list, but yeah. Um, I'm just going to look at some of this trivia because I, what is, what else is more to say about this movie? Like, it's so hard to talk about because it's so specific. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's really good. That's like all I can say about it. It's enjoyable. Oh my gosh, the tagline's hilarious. It's called Everything Was Fine Yesterday. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I love that. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> okay, all of the main so character's good. sweaters were made by the same elderly man who knit them by hand specifically for the film. He also knit doubles oh. for each sweater. He was not present on set and did not meet the actors prior to creating pieces for them. Oh, that's so cute. <sighs> I love it. And they made the J.J. Divine public house just for the production, which was on Ack Hill Island in County Mayo. The bar? Yeah, the bar. And it says, since a planning permit had not been acquired, the pub had to be demolished when the film wrapped. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. It was just like a And then... um... Oh, and then we did uh, the the Banshees of Inna Sharon uh, is is referenced in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the it is the title of the violin piece that Colm writes, um, and it's it's a very beautiful piece. Yeah, and he also says like to call to uh, Podrick, he's like, well, I called it Banshees because there's no Banshees here at all. It just sounded really fun with the uh, with the alliterative s's and everything with the shish and like inisherin and also banshees and then he's like, that's it. That's why yeah. it's called that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's why it's called that. It's like the title is also a joke just because it's fun to say. <laughs> I. <laughs> it's just like so. It's it's. 
It's very this movie McDubba. is so so well thought out yet just carefree. Yes, I, don't, I know. I don't know how it can be both those things, but it is. It is. My brother reviewed this, and he said that the Civil War is kind of the allegory for the film that. Mm. Like you said, it doesn't really resolve and they just keep, you know, having a a spat in which one person doesn't want to have the spat and then the other person's like, well, I'm going to do something if you don't stop talking to me. And like, it's kind of like the, you know, it it really also fucks up every like thing on the island, you know, like he can't be sitting next to him or talking to him. He has to try to be interesting like when he got drunk. And well, yeah, was... and everyone else in town has to get involved. Everyone's like, yeah. "Oh, we're hearing that you guys are you guys are rowing. You guys rowing." Yeah, I was like, you're I don't think we're rowing. Like, <laughs> like the beginning was so was so funny. Oh, it's just a row? you two, you two rowing. It's like I don't think we're rowing. <laughs> it's just, and then he has the priest talk to him and be like, "You know, you should really not be mean to your friend." And yeah, Holmes like, "Well, fuck you, father." Like it's just, it's yeah. just like it's so funny. <laughs> It's so funny. I did like when he got drunk and he was being really mean to Calm and he was like, sp- like just yelling at him or something and he was super drunk and then he was like, well, now I kind of like him now. <laughs> yeah, that was the most interesting he's been lately. I actually kind of, I mean, he did say in the beginning of the movie that he tend- tended to only like him when he was drunk because he was more interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just like really gets into your head when someone doesn't like you. And so it's just like, what would what would that be like? And what would that be like on an isolated place with only like a handful of people? If you like really don't like someone and you're just like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And you're seeing them every day, you know? Well, yeah. And everyone on the island seemed fairly friendly with each other. But, you know, you have to have you have to have that one person, that one that one best friend. And Colin or um, Colin Farrell's character had to start talking to Dominic and you know Dominic's the only young one and he's mm-hmm. really annoying and just brings up inappropriate things all the time yeah and yeah <laughs> and so it's just so like he has to settle for for Dominic and he's like I, this sucks I don't want to I don't want to be here all four of the top billed actors Gleason Farrell Condon and Keegan are actually from Ireland so that's great Um, and also his there's other like like funny trivia like uh, Barry Keegan and Colin Farrell lived in the same apartment and apparently (laughs) Barry Keegan like annoyed Colin Farrell oh sure a lot sure just leaving messes and it says eating all of Farrell's favorite cereal (laughs) oh boy sounds like something Barry Keegan would do and Brendan Gleeson is an actual fiddle player in real life. He's very skilled, apparently. Really? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, the lady anyway. who owned the shop was pretty funny, too. She was always asking for news. Oh, my gosh. Because, <laughs> you oh. know, she's, she's far away from everyone. She doesn't get any, she doesn't get any of the gossip, the tea. Um, and she gets mad at people who don't, <laughs> don't bring her the news. It's so funny. Yeah, but then Patrick was, like, talking right in front of the the guy. He was like, you know, I heard that Dominic got beat up real bad by his dad, who's standing right next to him. And then he yeah. gets smacked 
Like, he gets really whacked by him, like, really punched by him, and it breaks his, like, his nose is just, like, completely... Yeah. It's And then Calm, like, gets him, so then you kind of think, oh, is he nice to him again? And then he doesn't say anything. He just leaves him and then goes home. I know. <laughs> Calm will do nice things for, for Podrick, but then go back to being like, don't talk to me. So it's just, it's very confusing for, for Podrick's character, because, you know, he's... He's a little dim. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and so when when he's being treated nicely by someone who was at one point his friend, he thinks, okay, maybe maybe we're okay. And then they'd have a seemingly fine conversation. Yeah. But but then Colm will, will cut off another finger. Like it's just <laughs> it, it's it's fucking insane. I know. It's it's great. And also, like I said, Carrie Condon is really good and she She's his only friend, really, and then okay, he's just left with no one in the end. It's really quite sad. Um, his like poor yeah, donkey. she leaves because she gets a job offer, and he's left there with the animals, and then yeah, and then Jenny dies, his donkey, and he's just so sad about it. It's it's really and upsetting. <laughs> it really is. It's really is sad. I love that donkey. Yeah. She'd go in the house and she'd be super cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He likes to have the animals in the house. Yeah. And at one point the cow was in the house and the horse was in the house. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really um really cute. Um it, it's it's yeah, a dark comedy. Really I, I think people would enjoy it, you know, especially Irish people. <laughs> it was very fun. It was very fun. If anyone has HBO Max, definitely check it out. It was it was a good old time, unless you're a little squeamish, because the you do you do see those fingers pretty yeah, pretty well. So you do, and the like uh, stubs where they used to be. So yeah, yeah. So unless you're a little squeamish, um, maybe don't watch it. But if you're fine with that, definitely check it out. It was it was very fun. Uh, do I want to look at the? Oh, I know I had to look plot at the keywords. Yes, plot keywords. Ah, oh, okay. Go back. Go back. All right. So we've got. Nope. We've got friendship, dark comedy, brother-sister relationship, loneliness, island. You know that? Wow. That's it. That's the movie. That's that's like has to be one of the best group we've ever had that actually explains the movie. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Like none of them none of them sound the same. Like it's not three things that just mean the same thing. I know. It's it's this is it. This is it. So this movie got an 87 Metascore with 58 positive reviews, four mixed reviews, and zero negative reviews. And there is like a great handful of 100s on here. I'm going to count them. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 100s. Wow. Wow. And the lowest is 50. All the mixed reviews are 50. So there's only four of them, but... You get four to choose from, Emily. <laughs> I do! Oh my goodness. Okay, let's see. Which one do I want to read? Um, well, I like... This one is true. Let's see. I'm going to read... I'm going to read this one. Um, the San Francisco San Francisco Chronicle. The best thing about the Banshees of Inisherin is Carrie Condon as Podrick's sister, 
an intelligent woman with an even temperament and a good sense of humor who finds herself marooned in a wrong in the wrong part of Ireland and in the wrong half of the 20th century. Okay. That was the only thing nice they had to say about the movie. Um, I guess so. That's it. I'm going to read the 83, The Consequence by <clears throat> Paolo Ragusa, my brother. Um, as an allegory to Civil War, it's well-worked and deeply thoughtful, but overall the film leaves a slightly bitter taste and perhaps purposefully lacks some of the final third conviction that McDonough has achieved so often in his stage and film work. Hmm. Okay. Thank you, Paolo. Thank you, Paolo. I gotta pick one of these 15 100s. Yeah, dude. Oh, goodness gracious. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. There's, there's, there's so many. Um... Okay, I'll read the, the Sin of You 100. The Banshees of Inisharan is a beautifully shot and deftly played comedy. It is at once masterful, surprisingly poignant, and profound. It's a portrait of a friendship faltering, ultimately proves how vital friendship actually is, how vulnerable and naked we are without it. Wow. Okay. Okay, are we done with this movie? I think so. Do you want to take a break before we start talking about the Fablements? Yeah. All right, let's do it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, we are back to talk about The Fablemans. Another the similarly, Fablemans. similarly rated movie. Um, again, this one's very fresh in my mind. Steven Spielberg. Directed by Steven Spielberg and written by Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner. What else is Tony worked on? A lot of other Steven Spielberg movies, including West Side Story and, you know, Angels in America, Lincoln, Munich. A lot of, a lot of stuff. Nice. Very nice. Really good writer. Um, this movie cemented to me, Steven Spielberg is in like an era of reflection, obviously, but also just like the grandeur of his movies are unlike movies today. And I feel like this movie particularly 
was made in a way that just feels like movies are not made this way anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had a... It had a certain... Like, I really liked that we got to see um, Sammy actually put things together. It was all very intricate and, like, like hands-on. Like a... I don't know. It like was, filmmaking? It was, yeah. Yeah, like the film, yeah, like what what they were just literally throwing dust at at his sister's faces to <laughs> to get it on camera and you know, it just it it was very fun to watch those scenes. Like just him like with the oh, especially with the um the the one with all of his friends, the the war one. That one was it was mm-hmm. really fun. And he got to be the director for that guy. And he was like trying to tell him how to how to act in the scene and he like really got to him, <laughs> like a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. 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 He just kept walking and they're like, Come back, dude, you're done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this movie is just about the magic of, of movies, but and magic of filmmaking, really. Not not necessarily movies, but what like what it feels like to actually be a creator and an artist and you know the drive to do that and then also it's about his parents so you know you can kind of see that this movie is definitely a semi-autobiographical Steven Spielberg situation you know yeah I was I was going to ask about that because that's that's truly how it felt um and I'm trying to, sorry, I'm trying to bring it all back. Um, <laughs> he starts off as a kid and goes to see the greatest show on earth and sees that train crashing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's definitely like yes. showing like the, the, that time period as well. And, you know, a specific family and writing them to be actual real people. You know, and it it does that very well. It's very successful in creating this this world that they live in, you know? Yes, I, I remember the family being very well written. Um, Michelle Williams' character would annoy me sometimes, mm-hmm. but but they were still like a really good unit. They had great chemistry and they had you know, a lot of really great scenes together, very, very strong, very impactful scenes together. Um, and yeah, kind of seeing how all of this started, like, like, as you were saying, as a kid, he was scared to go into the movie because, you know, it could be loud, it's dark in there, you know, it's, he's a kid, he doesn't really know what to expect, really. This is kind of the beginning, sort of, of movies in a way. I know there were a lot of silent films and there were a lot of, but it's still, it's still, it's not as common as it as it is these days like mm-hmm. probably still back in this time um and seeing that train crash and just being completely enamored by it and then being able to kind of mimic it in a way just shows like just just he just wanted to see the crash he's a kid he likes he likes seeing things you know hit each other and like and you know fall over yeah and but watching it kind of spark from that 
very small point and then how it how it changes him as as a person later like it was it was a really it was a really interesting story i i really enjoyed watching it yeah i liked it as a lot as well um i liked the cast and like you said mitzi as a character was certainly interesting i mean she's like i think as an actress she's fantastic and she's probably going to get a nomination for it it's like a really like specific mom type of lady especially this woman she was a very colorful and vibrant person you know with her flaws and everything all together all out at the same time you know and like it really like yeah and the it was special you know yeah and the parents are both very intelligent in different ways like Mm -hmm. the mother is very artistic and she she's a musician and so she's just she's very creative and whimsical in her own way and the father uh paul dano he's he's a numbers guy he's an engineer he works for the computer companies like he's he's on the cutting edge of technology and he's very logical so like they're they're a very interesting match for sure so i can definitely see how they kind of fell apart couple wise um and that's done very well i mean we learned that mitzi is kind of having an affair with with their friend mm-hmm. um their longtime friend and it's just kind of it throws a wrench in their in their family dynamic but it's it just it happens i thought that was done very well yeah, and in the trivia here, it says Steven Spielberg's mother in real life, Leah, ended up marrying Bernie Adler, the person whom Seth Rogen's character is based. She died as Leah Adler. Oh, okay. Yeah, in, in oh, real wow. life, Steven Spielberg blamed his dad for the divorce. His dad still very much loved his mother and took the blame for the divorce in order to protect her. And Steven didn't find this out till later because of this. Spielberg distanced himself from his father for 15 years. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, and also, okay, there's, I'm, this is just so much backstory. Like, as I was watching this, I was like, there's no way that this is not very similar to Steven Spielberg's actual life. Um, Spielberg did nearly abandon filmmaking in real life for a period of time, but not because of what happened with his parents. The 16-year-old Spielberg had a crisis of confidence after seeing David Lean's epic Lawrence of Arabia. When the film was over, I wanted to not be a director anymore, he said in an HBO documentary, because the bar was too high. I had such a profound reaction to the filmmaking, and I went back and saw the film a week later. He added, I saw the film a week after that, and I saw the film a week after that, and I realized there was no going back. This is what I was going to do, or I was going to die trying. Mmm. Oh, wow. Yep. That's really cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Um... I thought that the, like, yeah, like, the growing up and, like, the figuring it out with the parents was a really impactful scene. He just kept, like, replaying over and over again the the camping footage and watching the same things. And I really think that the editing, like, stayed on that over and over and over again, Um, which was, it was a quite exhaustive scene. 
And it really like puts you into the mindset of Sammy and what it would be like for him to find that information out on his own like that. Yeah, especially since his his father was pushing him to to make this really quickly. You know, he had to he had to pause his plans for this other movie he was working on to finish this and and in doing this act in doing this request for his father, he he finds out this information and it's and yeah, the actor who plays Sammy Gabriel Labelle, he was so good. Yeah. I loved him so much. He was amazing. He really was. He's so good. <laughs> it it was a lot of emotion on somebody who doesn't talk a lot. Like he doesn't I mean, he has several moments where he's talking a lot, but to be honest, like when people ask him questions, he doesn't really answer them. He kind of just is a, a really like physical actor. You know, it's like he's moving with what he has and it it really like it, it was a really good performance from him and obviously like Paul Dano and Michelle Williams and Seth Rogen and um, even the younger sister, um, his younger sister Reggie, was played by Julia Butter- Butters. And I remember her from um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Remember, she's in that really good scene with Leonardo DiCaprio on the set of the, the like, <gasps> Western. Yes, 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 yes. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, all the kids were super good. There was it was it was truly very well done. I thought at some points the screenplay felt a little weird mm-hmm. with 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 what they were saying. Like I it agree. didn't it didn't seem natural at some points. Mm-hmm. Like I understand these kids are all very smart. They have two very smart intelligent parents and you know, they're probably very intuitive and observant in their own way, but I just thought that some of the things they would say just felt a little off. Um, and but other than that, and then Mitzi's character annoying me, I, I still very much enjoyed this film. Yeah, I agree with you. The screenplay felt kind of like when you're remembering like a dream or something, or like remembering memories mm. of things that are happening, but you can't really quite say the actual exactly words. what happened yes that's that's like what it's it a feels. heightened it's like a heightened memory uh-huh yeah maybe in a way have, have i have i really <laughs> tapped in on that one with the memory have you did you find did you find the words i think you did yeah because this this whole movie kind of felt like it was it was all very dreamlike and especially very, with the like, uncle like that whole scene that scene was weird. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it felt like it was, like, remembering moments and feelings and, like, but the words were, like, jumbled. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. The words, the words weren't quite right. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, this and then, is what Steven Spielberg's making dated... us do. <laughs> and then that girl he dated in the high school, she Oh, was... my God. She oh my was, god that scene she was a freak jesus <laughs> oh my god she was hilarious like uh, she was really funny i was just laughing was really out loud funny. so much the all the high school scenes were great because you really just you get a you get a really quick sense of who these people are but there's still a little bit of story in the smallest part of the movie i mean it's the end 
that they show up, but there's another entire universe of this high school that we've just been dropped in on, you know, and it was like so successful. (laughs) Yes, we have, we, we span such a, a big length of time and a lot of information is given to us and it's, it's, it's paced out very well. The only scene that kind of, again, felt odd was in the hallway after after they watched the the beach the beach edit mm-hmm. that he made mm-hmm. um and he he made that one kid look like a jackass and then the other kid look like a hero yeah and the kid and uh the popular boy comes in and he's like why did you make me look like that yeah. and it I wanted I wanted that scene to be a bit more impactful mm-hmm. and I just didn't think it was like it's, again it, it might have been the screenplay of what they were saying like. I don't quite remember it, but I just remember it. I remember feeling like it fell flat a little bit and I wanted a little bit more from that because he was like making a genuine connection with this kid when they were bullying him the whole time. And, and I don't know. Those are just my thoughts. (laughs) He had a very frenetic energy to him where he could just go ahead and punch you at any time. And so Sammy was like scared every time he was around him because he was an asshole. And this guy was just like, really going through some emotional shit and like Sammy was just there and he was taking it and like then Sammy was like the the great line of that scene was you know I'm never going to tell anybody about what you like this unless I make a movie about it and oh yes 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 I do remember that and it's just that, like <laughs> the most I mean, it's like very I feel like there's a lot of ways that that could have not worked in a scene and it worked. And mm-hmm. it's like kind of bringing in the audience into that moment as well. Without having, you know, like it this movie could have had like a narrative through line with like a narrator and it could have been like Steven Spielberg remembering his life, you know, situationally, but it didn't need that. And like, it was best without that frame so that you could like imagine the frame instead of actually seeing it or hearing it, you know? Yeah. And kind of trying to, and, and seeing it all from Sammy's perspective and, you know, maybe the information that he, he doesn't quite grasp from this interaction or from this situation. Yeah. But it's just it's just all laid out for you to to piece together as you wish. Yeah. Like like the marriage of the parents and the kind of retrospective that Steven Spielberg has about his family and like what was it really like for that what like it was pretty obvious that Mitzi was in love with Benny. And Bert just kind of ignored it to be happy, you know, to make Mitzi happy, you know? Right. And it's just kind of like seeing that from a perspective of an old man looking on his younger life and his younger self. It, you know, it is interesting. Until, until he kind of, until he kind of takes, takes matters into his own hands and kind of moves, purposefully moves the family away from Benny in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Every every job Bert was able to get, he was able to get a job for Benny as well because they both worked in the same field mm-hmm. and they worked together. But, you know, at some point he's like, well, maybe things will be better. You know, he's trying to be happy, like knowing that Mitzi and Benny are seeing each other. And maybe he's like, 
maybe we can kind of fix this if we just get away from Benny, but then things just kind of spiral and get worse. Um, and it's, it's, it was paced out very well, that whole, that whole situation that happened. Yeah. And I'm like glad Steven Spielberg has, uh, made this for himself and it could have been, it could have been really, um, presumptuous. It could have been, you know, really, uh, could have been corny. It could yeah, have it been... could have been really corny. It could have been a lot of things, and it wasn't. It was really good. It was like a good movie, as it was, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, there's a lot of movies about filmmaking. There's literally an entire gallery here on the IMDb. You know, there's like movies about reflecting on your life as a young man. I mean, we watched, last year we watched Hand of God. Um, that one was also kind of, like, that was a, coming of age for the director Paolo Sorrentino as well um and in defining yeah. filmmaking and then you know there's like Cinema Paradiso there's um other like you know, there's just like a, a grand reflection of these directors right now who are yeah older I mean some of them are younger than, than you know Spielberg but they're still like reflecting on movies and like why they got into movies and i think it's we're in like an interesting thread at the moment yeah 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 and it also has that like you said that cutting and making f movies from scratch when it was like harder to do so when you had to get a really nice camera that was really expensive and now you can just do it on your phone and the yeah it's just a different way of looking at filmmaking and so like there's the purists of film and like using actual film to film them instead of digital um and like grasping onto those like nostalgic things that these filmmakers are remembering when they could make movies like this um and, and now it's kind of like a a little bit too, uh, like, I think that they're like, oh, the magic of this is, like, flying away, <laughs> you know? Like, we need to remember what it was like for these filmmakers, you know? Yeah, I, I think it definitely had a certain, um, bringing it back an homage to practical effects and, yeah, the the yeah back to the more you had to really get creative to to get those <laughs> scenes with with limited resources like you know we have a lot of computer-based uh cg and stuff kind of happening these days and it's i will always appreciate you know filmmakers and and uh like talented artists who will kind of go back to the practical effects and puppetry and miniatures and and all those things because it just mm -hmm. it, you could you can really tell a difference like it looks it has a certain look to it and it really it really intensifies the story sometimes yeah it grounds it makes it mm -hmm. more real and rich i guess um and you know yeah this movie definitely was not without its flaws but uh, I thought it was like again like a really nice late 
career move for Spielberg. It's it's fun and coming after West Side Story, which was extremely epic. This one is yes. definitely a lot more calm and methodical. You know, the a nice change of pace. Yeah, it's it's like a good follow up to to West Side Story, which again, I was talking about that recently. That movie is amazing. Like, oh my God, I was thinking about it. <laughs> West Side Story? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. That I was like an, a 100 in my head, like a, like a perfect movie. It was so, so good. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Um. Anyway, yeah, I already read some, some trivia, so we can probably move on. Oh, I also wanted to say that the end of the movie um, was okay. I thought it was an all right ending, but having um, uh, John Ford being played by David Lynch was pretty hilarious. So um, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a little, not like anticlimactic, but yeah, it just kind of ended. And I was like, okay, you know, sure. Yeah, and then there was like a, a lot of really... ended on something thoughtful. Like it, it was nice that he went and and was trying to talk to his dad and kind of telling him how he felt and what he wanted to do because they were they were kind of against him making movies like the his entire life. Basically. He was like, yeah. They never truly thought that that he was going to do it. Um, well, he never saw and... the the reality in which he would be successful. So he just was like, right. "That's that's not. That's just a hobby." But then he still like let him do it like he still like gave a lot of money for it and helped him out and rented his equipment for him and he didn't have to do that well yeah and even even benny supporting him even though he knew what was happening with benny and his mom and i i think a lot of the support came because he, he probably got a lot of that creativity from his from his mother like on his mother's side so it's like mm-hmm. so she probably you know saw a lot of similarities to what to what she likes to do. Oh my gosh, the piano scene where she has her nails on. <laughs> <laughs> um, was, was a pretty, was pretty enjoyable. I, it was. I like that. Where she could hear her clacking. <laughs> like, honey, those nails have got to go. <laughs> Betty, it was like, you got to take those nails off. Yeah. Can't clack. Can't be clacking when you're playing the piano. <laughs> was good it's good uh should i read these uh plot keywords yep all right here we go we've got arizona coming of age childhood father-son relationship mother-son relationship all right yeah that's i mean yeah it sounds good. sounds about could, right could have had something about filmmaking in there but you know it's fine it's fine yeah i know so this, you know, this coming of age and childhood a little too similar for my it's liking. it's very also like so many movies are coming of age movies you know like i don't know who's gonna see this movie i think i think it's just just for spielberg <laughs> it was like just for him he he truly made this movie for just his own his own personal use his yeah. own personal his, his own personal need to make to write this story to tell his story and you know what that's great that's fine I enjoyed it. Thank you for sharing for sharing your story with me, Stephen. I enjoyed it. 
So this movie got an 84 Metascore, 52 positive, three mixed, and zero negatives. Um, again, with the many 100s, it's not 15, but it's uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, Count seven, those eight, nine, hundreds. Nine 100s. And, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. And again, the lowest is a 50. So we really have, it's very similar to Banshees. Um, the lowest one we have here is a 50, but I think I want to read, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll read the lowest because it's, it's the lowest. So AP, uh, Associated Press gave it a 50. The focus sometimes get a bit, gets a bit blurry, to be honest. And the whole thing often doesn't add up to much. Okay. I don't, I don't wholeheartedly disagree with this, mm-hmm. but I still thought there's a lot to take from this movie. Like, I don't think it was, like, I don't, th- I don't think it, it didn't add up to nothing. Like it added up to something. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it was as self-indulgent as I thought it was going to be. I think that like the whole mom aspect of it was really like kind of therapeutic and like seeing his mom for who she really was. And like, that's a pretty chaotic person. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, in, in a time where like people just did not appreciate that kind of family dynamic, you know, every family is very specific and having the mom be like the head of it and this kind of like really flawed person is like, I think, quite nice to see. Um, and I've, for a little tiny moment, I thought that that his dad and his mom and Benny were in a thruple. I was like, oh my God, are oh. they like a thruple? <laughs> like seriously thought that this was happening. And then I was like, this can't be happening. This is not happening. And then it wasn't. She was just having an affair with him. But I was like, but like the dad knows. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can I could see that. I could see why you thought that. It got all, it gave me thruple energy. I'm like, I guess I'm just looking for thruples everywhere. And I'm just like expecting that maybe one day it actually will happen. <laughs> there is, there's a review here from, uh, from something that I don't think I've ever seen before. The, the Christian science monitor. Yeah. We've, we've seen that before. We have. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. It's the first I've seen it. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just... I'm going to read the New Yorker mm-hmm. 70. For all its tenderness, okay. empathy, warmth, and verve, The Fablemans has the feel of myth-making, a feature-length promotional video for an authorized biography of a filmmaker who, it far from being self-made, is in any case self-propelled. What's missing is it's a sense of history. Mm. That's interesting, New Yorker. Okay. All right. Mm. I'm looking at these 100s. Um. I'll read the Wall Street Journal 80 just before you get to your 100s. It says, understanding that a knockout finish is the most important element... Mr. Spielberg delivers spectacularly in a scene drawn from a real-life meeting. He puts a mischievous twist on his well-earned reputation for sentimental endings, 
by dramatizing an encounter with one of the gods of celluloid. Nice. Okay. Um, okay, pick a 100, buddy. Um, I like this one because it's, it's, it's a little different. So the Screen Crush, 100. Mm-hmm. I hope Spielberg makes 20 more movies, but if this is the last one he ever directed, it would be the perfect career capper, an origin story, a thesis statement, a love letter, a cautionary tale. Like life, it is hilarious at times and pitifully sad at others. From the first scene to the last, it made me lean forward in my seat like Sammy Fableman at the greatest show on earth. That's cute. Yeah, I think it is cute. I think personally... I don't I don't want this to be Spielberg's last movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it deserves a 100. I think personally it's it's more like an 85. Which is yeah, kind of what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, I I I definitely wouldn't have given it a 100. Um and like it to me it's no Roma, you know? Like that was a better reflection I think of of childhood, but then again, that's not really about making movies, but you know what I mean? Like remembering and yeah, that movie's like perfect to me. So it's like, there's, I think it, this one, because it has that line of being indulgent, it's a little hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. I agree. Great acting. though, But still an enjoyable movie with great acting. Go check it out if you have not, because Gabriel LaBelle, he's cute. So cute. He's he really perfect. cute. He <laughs> yeah. He was perfect. Yeah. He was so perfect. So good. Um. All right. Is that all we have for the Fablemans? I think so. All right. Well, that is it for this episode. If you enjoyed this episode please rate and review us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and stitcher we are also on amazon music spotify and acast we are also on imdb now so please go check that out and leave us a review there and uh, if you want to email us and say hello you can do that at all by the popcorn podcast at gmail.com and uh, you can follow our social media we have instagram uh facebook tiktok and youtube just search all by the popcorn or all by the popcorn podcast And uh, we also have some merch, so please check that out. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.